Nearly three out of 10 children have no interest whatsoever in going back to the primary sport that they played in school before the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, I don't know about you, but I find that this study from the Aspen Institute disturbing. And I also find it disturbing the way our nation has reacted to this thing initially and then subsequently and how the two political parties flip-flopped based upon former President Orange Man. Now, this is not political. I want to elaborate, and for those of you who know me and know how much I've talked about these issues, you know that I'm very, very passionate about what has happened in the past when it comes to a pandemic. So for a really quick review, let me give you where I come from. My mother and father were born in 1915. The parallels between Henry Ford and my grandfather and the number of children and the naming and how they grew up together is something for another day. But what I want you to understand is that when my father was in hospice and passing away, I brought my aunt who wound up living to 104. We all live very long, by the way, in my family, except for if there's an accident or something like that. My aunt and my father had their final conversation, and I sat out in the hallway for a while and listened to it. It was one of the best things I could ever have had happen. happen. It was just amazing. But one of the things I tell people is that it was amazing to listen to their conversation about all the children that died because of the pandemic, okay, 1918. And they were very matter-of-fact about, yeah, you know, we had the war and the guys that came back and everybody was going all over the green earth, so you didn't have the kind of localized epidemics. You had a worldwide epidemic, and, you know, there's sometimes you're just good to stay among yourselves. And they talked about, oh, you remember little Johnny and yada, yada, yada. He was a nice little boy. I wonder what he would have turned out to be. These are old people talking about when they were little kids. But they understood the most basic fundamental thing back then. And I heard them talk about, yeah, you know, just had to wash your hands more often, stay a little bit further away from people. Well, we had those bandanas, which, of course, they had masks. And you, the hospitals weren't like they are today. So because my father was in his 40s when he had me and his father was in his 50s, We've always waited to have children in my family. We have a very long generational history, but what that does, it gives you the ability to have an oral history. Now, we have an amazing family history because we were able to document. My daughter has done a lot to this, and we've really improved where we know we're Vikings. Both sides of the family, my wife's side and I, we know that we are Vikings. We know that we are Germanic English. We are as English as English can get, both sides of the family, but we're Germanic English. We know that we are Normans. And from the Normans, we know exactly how, on the Truesdale side, how we battled with William the Conqueror. We know exactly when we landed into England. We know exactly the buildings my grandfathers did. And we know that we've been in the United States on one of the original Winthrop Fleet boats. And so we've been here since 1632. What's your point? I don't care how long these people say, oh, this person's a native and that. We're more native than 99.999% of the people out there. But what I know is that there is epigenetic 
memory. And I know that history continues to repeat itself because if you breed among your own kind, and if you live within your own kind, you develop a stronger sense of community and the desire for long-term survival. Helping those that are like you. Everybody says diversity is our strength. Tolerance, ladies and gentlemen, is our strength. Diversity waters down cohesion. Now, we should be tolerant. We should have equal opportunity, but you cannot have equal outcome. To say, for example, Delta is going to hire 50% of the pilots will be, I, and I heard, read this, it's just, I blew, 50% of they, their pilots they want to be black females. How do you do that? There's just not enough labor pool talent to go around. And so we have children who cannot play sports. How does this all tie together? Because families that are very sports focused, it's epigenetic. I grew up with sports. We played basketball in our driveway. We were always riding bikes. We always had games. Everybody was, I mean, it was just, that was part of life. But this pandemic, I believe, is leading to a long-term hard hard rewiring of children. And I think the long-term negative effects are going to be huge. You just don't see kids outside playing like they did when I was a kid. And now, with everybody having to be inside, that's the worst damn thing. We started off talking about Wuhan and the laboratory there, but you can't talk about that anymore. And then when Trump put a stop to everything, hey, we got to, whoa, slow, slow this down. No more people coming into the country until we figure it out. Democrats said, bad, bad on you. You're a xenophobe. And then everything flip-flopped. <laughs> he was like, look, we got to get, we got to, business got to get back going. It was, we got to lock it down. I could go on for hours on this, but when it started, I said, this could be the repeat of what we generally see as around a 100-year cycle. And it, this one could be bad. Now, a lot of people are talking about the number of deaths, okay? A lot of people are talking about number of deaths. Even in my family, we have one person who we all just have to put up with because the idea of the severity of this thing is make, they're making mountains out of molehills. Now, do I did I get the COVID? Probably. Have I had a cold or a flu in the time that this thing's gone on? Yeah, but here's the thing. Fresh air and sunlight. Amazing what old-fashioned things will do. Washing your hands, getting a lot of sleep, not eating junk food. Yes! I swear to God, if you eat something and you read the contents and the ingredients, and if you can't pronounce everything on the label, don't eat it. A few moments ago, I had a breakfast, okay? It's 11.28. I had breakfast. I had a single stalk of celery. I generally don't eat breakfast. I'll eat normally a meal that's fairly large, but when I say fairly large, it's nowhere near the size of most. Sometimes around 1 to 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and then before 5 o'clock, which is when I, my cutoff date is, I'll have maybe another small snack. The other day, my daughter made a stolen, and I took a slice of the stolen, and I put some butter on it, and warmed it up, and that was my dinner. Before that, what I had for my big meal, I had two hamburger patties. That's it. Now, I'm in the process of cutting, and I want to get down to a very specific size in terms of weight. I've never really done that. I've always been a big weight lifter. I want to get down and be really lean. Not bodybuilding, but I want to get lean. I think it's a smart thing to do as one gets a little bit older. So I'm going to get back into the kind of weight and shape, although I'm in good shape, 
than I was when I was a teenager. That's a goal. And I know what I need to do to do that. But I have memories of that. Now, fast forward to somebody many decades from now, how are they going to judge? Oh, yeah, I want to get back in a shape like I was when I didn't do anything other than sit around and watch TV and the COVID and we were forced to be inside and we were afraid to go outside. And this is nuts. I've got a picture. Um, I'll, I'll give you guys a link. I've got a picture of the world leaders. It's the G whatever it is. And you've, it's just amazing to see this thing. And I say amazing because it's, it's just damn sad. We've got uh, the idiot in Canada, the president of the EU, Denmark, Mexico, China, Germany, the United Kingdom, Turkey, France, Italy, Norway, even Vietnam. Putin's in the middle. They're all sitting there. It's a video conference, right? It's a video conference. And our idiot, Biden, has got a face mask on. I'm 10 years old, but I'll beat your ass. I mean, like, why? Nobody else has a face mask. And this is, these are the little things that really burn me up. A president of the United States should never go to church and pray for a guilty verdict for somebody. It's just utterly disgusting to have something like that happen, okay? I could go on for hours and hours and hours on there is a level of professionalism and decorum that we should have. Children are not in school, and even if they are, are they saying the Pledge of Allegiance? Oh, can't say a Pledge of Allegiance. That's a bad thing. Everyone stand up and say it with me. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. So we have men, young men, who are missing the, the golden time to have a sports career because they can't play sports. Watch what happens when these NFL and Major League Baseball and everything, you, you have a drought of talent. People are just going, I'm done, I'm walking away. People have wasted thousands and sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars working with their children to get them prepared for a sports career, football, golf, and baseball. Thank you very much for shutting everything down. And you say to me, oh, but Paul, Paul, wait a minute. The CDC, they wouldn't lie. They say that mortality is way up. Folks, you cannot believe even the federal government without poking in and digging into the numbers. And we haven't, we can't get the information. You see, if you test positive and you die, you die to COVID. But I contend that so many people did not go and receive proper medical care for all the things and ails that they've had. The increase in death is not simply attributable to the COVID virus. It's attributable to people who didn't receive appropriate medical care. I don't want you to think that I'm harping on strictly a political thing, but it applies to every single thing in life. Ask questions. Verify facts and figures. Don't buy what somebody says without proof. The more complicated something is, the more likely it's hogwash. Pure, unadulterated hogwash. God, I love that phrase. I used to say bad words. 
I, as a uh, wordsmith, can put together a string of cuss words and make you go blue. But I do like the word hogwash. It sort of summarizes everything all nice and clean. Oh, hogwash. Oi, that's some hogwash there. So do you think there's going to be a problem going forward? Nobody's talking about this stuff. Nobody. But it's the psychological damage. And let me give you and bring this home and wrap it up. I have a cousin that went to the Olympics. Yeah, he's a swimmer. He was the Mark Spitz of his time. And when it came time to go to the Olympics, he was prohibited. Because his draft number came up and he had to go and serve his tour in Vietnam on the Mekong Delta. And so he went in as an officer, commanded a Delta boat, and never went to the Olympics. His brother, also a cousin, obviously, was just as good a swimmer. And when his turn came up, and there's an age difference, he couldn't go either. That's when the United States and Russia were having their ta-ta-tas and were not going to the Olympics that were being held, I believe, in Moscow that time. And then this happened. Russian tanks and troops crossed the border into neighboring Afghanistan on December 27, 1979. Three weeks later, President Carter gave this ultimatum. I've sent a message today to the United States Olympic Committee spelling out my own position that unless the Soviets withdraw their troops within a month, from Afghanistan, that the Olympic Games be moved from Moscow to an alternate site or multiple sites, or postponed or canceled. So I have two members of my family. Both were amazing swimmers. And one fulfilled his duty, lost the opportunity because, I mean, he was, he was good. Could have had a gold medal. Don't know, but he was good. And the other lost the opportunity because of a boycott. of this is simply this. Everything you do in life, there's consequences. And I'm afraid that people who are running our government, people who are the mouthpieces for the government, journalists who are really propagandists, the media, television shows, all of it, all of it. I don't think people sit back and actually contemplate what they're doing and how it affects other people. And if they do, I don't think many of them care. I damn sure do. And I wish you would too. This concludes this episode of the Paul Truesdell Podcast. Join us daily as Paul calls it the way he sees it, because, to do anything else, is a cop-out.